to the Beer Healer Interviews. I am your host, Chris Lukinenko, and I scour this big brand land of ours, looking under fermenters and behind mash tuns to find the best beer stories to share with you. The Beer Healer Interviews is now available on all major podcast services. If you like the show and want to help out, can I ask you to simply rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast service. Just leave a few words and a rating and the podcast gods will do the rest. By doing this, you'll help others to discover the show more easily and hopefully get more people interested in this great industry that we call craft beer. Somewhere in the Adelaide Hills is a little town called Uradler. That's pretty much all I knew about the brewery we're talking about tonight before I started to do my research. In fact, it was only when I started to research that I realised that the Adelaide Hills aren't really as outback as I had originally thought. The truth is, Uradler Brewery is only 25 minutes east of the Adelaide CBD. I've spoken before about how I can't understand why the South Australian craft beer scene gets a bit forgotten and isn't always in the conversation about the great beer regions of Australia. Slowly but surely, I think that's changing. And it's thanks to breweries such as Uradler, which I've recently heard terms such as hype brewery thrown around when describing it. So let's get into this and find out more about Uradler Brewery from their head brewer, Oscar Matthews. Welcome to the Beer Healer interviews, mate. G'day, mate. Thank you for having me. Pleasure Great to be here. to have you on here. I'm just going to uh, crack my beer into the microphone. Oh, Ooh. that's the first one in a while that hasn't gone everywhere. Sounds good. So I'm. Uh, it's a school night, so I'm drinking the future light. Oh, well, fantastic. Uh, we, we might get onto the beers a bit later. But uh, first up, I want to go back in time for a second, mate, because uh, I believe your pro-brewing experience began at a small place on the central coast of California that I visited many years back. It was a very cool town, and it was called San Luis Obispo. Did yep. I pronounce it right? San Luis Obispo, yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Oh, what a That's great little how, how did you get there? Uh, family, actually. Um, so my uncle moved over there about oh, 25, 30 years ago um, and he ended up uh, marrying a Californian bird and um, then he just decided never to come back, basically. Um, <laughs> very good over there. The I can see why. Oh, I yeah, can see it's why a great as well. Place, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Oh, that, that whole coast, uh, you know, I've done Monterey and Carmel and Slow and uh, just drove down the coast from uh, San Fran back into LA about probably almost 20 years ago now. But um, I'm as soon as this, this bloody thing lifts, I'm getting back there. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah. So what, he uh, he started a brewery over there, did he? No, well, so um, – yeah, as part of a project, he actually picked up a brewery. Um, the one of the town's original breweries, actually, Slow Brew. So they've been around since 1988. And oh. um, yeah, they, I mean, uh, like uh, some high-profile brewers have worked there. So Matt Brindleton uh, of Firestone Walker, oh, yeah. uh, he was head brewer there in his very early days before he moved on. Um, and yeah, so it, it was always uh, very small. Uh, it was a little ten-barrel brew pub. Um, you know, and then, um, as it happens, uh, sort of the beer became a bit of the background, uh, for, for slow brew and it actually became a very, very popular, uh, live music venue. Um, ah. yeah, so, so slow's a, um, a college town as well. So there's a lot of young yes. kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and being on the central coast, you get a lot of bands that would travel up and down the coast. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, yeah, it was um, in a pretty central part of town and picked up as part of a development. But instead of, um, you know, moving it on, they decided, well, hold on, this could actually be a lot of fun here. 
Uh, <laughs> so then they got carried away and uh, took the little uh, 10 barrel brewery, um, shifted it into the, um, another spot on the main street. And then out by the airport, they built a big 30 barrel production site. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, big event center out there as well that was actually really geared up for uh, supporting the live music that has always been such a p- big part of that brewery. Before we um, get to the brewing thing, yep. what, was the, what was the best band you saw at the pub? Uh, or oh, best band I saw at the pub? Um, I don't know. I can't even remember who I saw. There was too many people. <laughs> too many beers. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But they've had all sorts of people there. Um, I think Smash Mouth played while I was there. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, um, they've had Snoop Dogg there. They've had Neil Young play there. <laughs> you know. G. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they've, they've had it all. Uh, it's pretty cool, actually. Oh, nice. And yeah. so so what year did you, did you head to Slow and, and start brewing? Uh, it would have been about... 2016 from memory, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, 2016 sounds about right. Um, and so what, un- Uncle, what was his name again? Hamish. Yeah. Uncle Hamish just said, yeah. mate, come on over. Let's yeah. have a crack. <laughs> Pretty much. So really? I, well, oh. I, I'd always wanted to get into brewing. I'd worked in pubs uh, for, um, you know, a lot of my life. Um, my family's pretty involved in the pub industry in SA. Um, yep. And then, but I, I wanted to do something a bit more. I, I love the booze industry. I, um, you know, there's a lot of great people in here. Um, but I wanted to do something that was a bit um, different from what the, um, what the family was doing. And um, I've always been very creative. So I thought, you know, brewing sounds like a good thing to do. Um, yes, so I started does. home brewing and then he said, well, Hamish said, just you know, if you want to have a crack, come over here. You know, spend a spend a um, small amount of time here. So I went over for three months, decided whether I liked it or not. Well, I came yeah. back and uh, went, yeah, you know what, I want to go back there. So I oh. so I ended up going back to the states again. Yep, yep. So how the long, first, then how long were you there for all, all time? Uh, I, I, it was about a twelve month trip the second time around. So it was oh, three yeah. months. Came back for for six, and then I went back for another twelve. So a pretty bloody good apprenticeship then, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Um, I, I got to see a lot um, and I think that really set me up pretty well for Euradler because when I when I went there the first time, um, they were commissioning the 30-barrel kit and when I'd gone back the second time, they'd really just started to get into the production there um, and it was a super small team. It was myself, the head brewer and a packaging manager at the time and, yeah, I, I, I got to see all aspects of running the brewery. Bloody great opportunity. Some might say you'd been kissed on the cock by a fairy. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, all right, yeah. so, you've, so you've done it 12 months the second time around. What brought you back to Australia? Was it was it the love of a good woman? Uh, no, I don't know. It was that level of the Adelaide Hills, I think, more than anything. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. I, I really like California. Um, yeah, it's cool. And I, I could have very easily stayed there, um, but, you know, the, it just wasn't home. Um, and there was the opportunity for Euradler, um, as I mentioned before, um, being involved in the pub industry. Um, yeah, um, through one of the pubs, um, oh, one of the partners suggested, well, hold on, why don't we build a small little brew pub back here, back in the Adelaide Hills? And I thought, well, what do I do? Do I, do I stay in the States or do I come back and do this? But at the end of the day, Adelaide Hills is sort of where my heart lies. So, yeah, yeah. that was cool. that was the choice I made. I figured I can always go back to the States. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if I'm going to set something uh, up, 
I'll do it here. So, but you came back and had a little bit of time at Pirate Life in between, did you? Or? I, yeah, that was in my six months in between. Oh, when you came back, yeah, right. Yeah. Yep, so when I, I came back after the first trip, I um, ended up, or oh, I wanted to stay in the industry. I didn't really want to lose my momentum. So I was uh, lucky enough to get a job at Pirate Life. Um, and, yeah, I, I sort of got to see, which was, I think was also, um, you know, invaluable experience in a way um, yeah. because they were really booming right at that time. It was as they were really, really gearing up. And um, oh, So they hadn't been bought out? No, then? no, no. This was no. Pre, pre that. Pre. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah about cool. it, I think it was about a year or so before that. Um, yep. that's what it feels like at least anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and it was great to see another brewery and how another brewery operates. Um, you know, um, I think that was very important to see too. How, how loose were things at Pirate Life then? Cause I've, I've spent a couple of nights with the guys at, at festivals and things like that, hung out with them and they enjoy a good time. Was it a bit loose there? <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, I had no, a good I've... time. I really enjoyed my time there and a lot of great guys there too. Yeah, absolutely. And so, what were you actually helping out with the brewing there, or were you, you know, working in the tap room, or what was, what was no, the role? No, no. So I, I ended up uh, starting out on the pack line, uh, yep. which was really good. Um, so I saw, I saw that whole side of things, and then uh, I transitioned uh, for most of my time there into the cellar. So running all things filtration and anything oh, yeah. um, post work production, all yeah. the way through to um, preparing it ready for packaging. Um, which I think was, yeah, yeah. So I think that was, and that's actually really where I wanted to be there. And that's what I wanted to really get a handle on the most. Um, yeah, I think that was, I I really learned how to work in a brewery there and how to be fast and efficient. And yeah, so it was, it was really good. Rate, review and subscribe. Three words that struck a chord in every sensitive 44-year-old podcaster who dreams of telling stories of craft beer. And something that I talk about a lot, but it really can get this little potty into more ears and therefore grow craft beer for all of us to enjoy. So even if you listen elsewhere, if you've got an iPhone, you've got Apple Podcasts, and therefore you can help out the show. Those three words, rate, review, and subscribe. I feel like we're firing up the flux capacitor and moving back and forth in time here tonight. So try and stick with me. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> um, so okay, so you've gone back to slow. You spent your twelve months there. Then you've come back, and this whole thing at the Uradler, uh Hotel came up. Was that was that one of the family hotels? Is that how it all sort of happened? Um, no, no, no. So um, Uradler Hotel is through uh, one of the family's um, uh, partners in another hotel. Um, okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, uh, the, the, the pub itself had been shut down for a number of years. Um, don't quote me on how many, um, <laughs> but it had been quite a while. Um, and this is sort of pre-concept of the brewery. Uh, we always knew we wanted a brewery, but we didn't know where. Anyway, as, as it turns out. So when, you, when you say we, who are you talking about you and your dad or? Uh, no, 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 um, and and the owners and of the partner. The, yep, yeah, yeah. Okay, partner. sure. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So, um, yeah, there was always plans for a brewery, just not sure where. Um, hadn't really found the right site. Anyway, as it turns out, um, next door to Radler was an old squash court building um, built sometime Perfect. I think in in the eighties. Yeah, and it was it was just completely shut down. Uh, it was just used as storage space and um, 
yeah, uh, there was nothing going on there. I think there was a small cafe operating out of one of the uh, small corners of it, but that was about it. Um, and yeah, it, it sort of became the right fit for everything we wanted to do. Squash was cool back in the 80s, wasn't it? But it just must have died yeah. off enough for you to be able to make a brewery out of the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's worked out very well for us, I can tell you that. Yeah. So what is your radar like? Is it just a small country town or like what's the population and stuff there? Uh, it, yeah, it, it's there's not much of a population in Uradler itself. So we're sort of um, on one of the main roads out of town um, and sort of right at the um, sort of start of where you'll enter the wine region for the Adelaide Hills as well. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yep. yep. Um, yep. So, you know, uh, there's there's a little uh, general store, post office, uh, a chemist, um, and now the pub, which also has uh, the brewery and bakery as well. Yeah. Yeah, yep. okay. Yeah. And so you, you were building a completely new brewery from scratch. Yep. Is that right? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So right, tell us a bit about the kit and how you came about getting all that together. Uh, so, I mean, that, that was a pretty simple recipe. I wanted to keep it nice and easy and, and something yep. that I was familiar with. So um, having worked with some of the Premier Stainless Gear at Pirate Life, yep. um, that seemed like a very good fit for us. So we ended up uh, – we we're actually only going to be a seven-heck kit at, at, at first and then uh all of a sudden i went well no this seems a bit silly we're not really planning for any future uh expansion yeah. here which you know is is highly likely um so we decided well halfway through stuff it we'll go up to a 12 heck kit um <laughs> and then yeah we ended up with a couple of 25 hectolitre fermenters and a couple of 35 hectolitre fermenters um, oh, right. and, so you, and, it usually takes you a few months to upgrade or a few years before you've, you've outgrown your kit, but you outgrew it before you even bloody put it in. Yeah, well, we, we sort of just ran, re-ran the numbers and also figured, well, you know, we can either take well, – essentially the, the idea behind it was to take the pressure off of production to produce the volumes that we wanted to produce. I mean, we could have run the 7 hat kit really, really hard or yep. you can produce almost double that in the same amount of time that you produce seven heck of beer anyway. Okay. So, yeah, it was just more about being efficient there, really. Speaking of efficient, is it a steam system? I ask everybody now about steam. Now I understand what the bloody hell steam does in the whole <laughs> system. Is it a yep. steam system? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, yeah. A, it's a steam kit. It's a two-vessel uh, steam kit. So the, it's a mash louder ton, um, which also has jackets on it. So, yeah, yep. we've got the ability for step mashing, which is Really good. Nice. Uh, nice. Yes. Yeah, yep. Yeah, we love that. And then, uh, yeah, and then a kettle whirlpool as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, you, you know, um, I, I always wanted to go steam. I like the control that you have over it. Um, and now yeah, I understand it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it took me a while. No, nah, it's good. I do so like it. Did you, did you go in with like a, a plan written down on a piece of A4 paper or what was your plan like? Uh, well, we had the plan and then it chopped and changed about 15 to 20 times throughout the whole <laughs> process. So, it, you know, um, one of the biggest complications that we had was um, we're, we're not actually on mains. There's no mains water oh. in, in your radler, um, oh. which has worked to our benefit and also become uh, made it really tricky um, to brew on it's our brewed, site. brewed with your radler spring water, as it yes. says on the can. 
Yes, yeah. yes. So we, we've actually got a really good water source right below us. Um, so oh, cool. we have our own on-site bore um, and we, do, we, we, we filter and treat our water um, yep. and build our water profiles as well for the different beers. But um, it gives us a really nice base to start with. Um, but, yeah, that also led to the um, challenge of, well, being a brewery, we have a lot of wastewater. So, yeah. Yep. Um, we were, we had to chop and change our plan based around that, really. Yeah. What what happens with the wastewater? Uh, we treat it and then then it's all pumped out um, yep. and and taken off site. Um, okay. Yeah, but we're actually now that we're getting busier and busier, um, we're hoping to have a more robust uh, wastewater treatment plant as I'd like to use that water throughout uh, the property or. Uh, we've also got an oval right next to us, the community oval. Uh, so I'd love to be able to oh, be nice, add the water it? to a uh, usable standard where we can use it elsewhere. That, really, this is something I've never come up in any of these interviews. Is talking about wastewater. What, what is, what is wrong with the water that you can't just like tip it on your plants and grow your geraniums or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, a lot of it has to do with pH and the okay. the. Um, well, I mean, brewing does him. Um, we we use a lot of chemicals as well in, in cleaning. So, but we have to minimise the amount um, that we we also put down the drain. Um, yep. But yeah, it, it it's getting I, I suppose the salt contents right um, and back to a, a usable standard um, for yeah, whether it be watering um, yeah your garden or uh, using it for amenities and that sort of thing. Every day is a school day, my old mate Haggy used <laughs> yeah. to say. And there you go. Um, so, so when you were getting started, contract brewing was actually part of the process for you. I'm just wondering, who did you brew with, and was that a no-brainer for you to get like a bit of a kickstart into this thing? Um, it wasn't necessarily planned. Um, so we ended up actually um, committing to an event um, that – a local Adelaide Hills Fringe event uh, that we wanted to have beer for um, and we also had uh, the Tour Down Under uh, passing uh, through yep. Euradler yep. um, around the same time. So, And, and we actually anticipated that our brewery was going to be um, ready by that point. Ah, However, right. it was due to the change in kit size that everything was uh, – Yep. Shifted back quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it wasn't actually intended, but uh, we wanted to work with someone that we'd always been friends with. So we picked another local Adelaide Hills brewery who were uh, very kind to help us out as well. Are you allowed to name them? Uh, yeah. No? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the batches was uh, brewed at Mismatch, actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're bloody great brewery to choose. They're with what are they, champion? Lager last year in the Indies, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm very good mates with the guys out there. Uh, they help us out a lot. Um, so yeah, no, that, that was a massive help and massive kickstart yeah, for us. And have been chasing them for a little while to get on the podcast. Just mm. quietly saying, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that helped you get get, get yourself your kickstart. Yeah, uh, yeah. So what, what were the actual beers that you were brewing first up? Uh, so we started out with. Um, uh, third Eye and Half Moon, uh, so uh, American or West Coast Pale Ale being yep. Third Eye Delish, and delicious Half Moon, the, the session. Um, yeah, so we wanted to sort of give the um, punter, I guess, a direction of where we were going to head with, with yeah. the brewery and what sort of styles we'd be producing. 
What about the recipes? How did you come up with those? Was that something from way back in your homebrew day? Was it something you semi-stole from your uncle over in Slow, or was it maybe based on what you learned at Pirate Life? Just interested how you, how you came to those ones. Uh, a bit of everything, really. Um, I sort of knew what varieties of hops I wanted to to brew with. I wanted yep. to. I want the beers at Uradler to sort of, I suppose, reflect the Adelaide Hills as well, um, and possibly. Uh, what you might think of when um, I suppose you know when you drink an Adelaide Hills wine, they've got their certain characteristics that define that region. So I wanted something that might sort of reflect what your is about. Um, so you know we we do produce a lot of very hot forward that have uh, tropical sort of fruit characters through to pine and citrus and resin. Um, so I wanted yeah to sort of balance has always been a big thing. So my selection of uh, ingredients was just about what's going to make a really nice round and sort of balanced beer, um, but maintain that sort of hop forward notion, I suppose. Um, and yeah, uh, I suppose my US influence uh, in hop selection comes from both the States and my time at Pirate Life as well. Um, but then as well in something like Half Moon, we use a lot of New Zealand varieties in that um, beer because um, I find they've just got you know re- they can be really nice and subtle they're super soft and round as well but have really nice sort of fruit characteristics as well they're so versatile so yeah but for for each beer they sort of were I suppose defined by yeah exactly um, what was going to also be true to style as well I suppose. They've all kind of got spooky sounding names. Like um, yeah. I've got Future Light here. You talked about Half Moon. There's Shaman's Cure, Perpetual Purgatory, Paranormal Realm. What is that all about? <laughs> um, so Uradler, as I'm told, has a bit of a witchcrafty sort of background. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh. Yeah. Nice. Um, yep. So it, it, it's like it's something out of, of what was that TV show uh, with all the uh, – Ah, oh, True Blood. Nothing like that, is it? Bon Tom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's something that um, oh, is a little bit unique and different from from what some other breweries are doing as well. Yeah, so yeah. I suppose, yeah. you know, it, it, they, they sort of all have a meaning but don't have a meaning in a way, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 I, I – it's actually the hardest bit with coming up with a new beer is coming up with a new name. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. you've, got a, you've got a good theme to base them on now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like the theme. At first it was quite difficult. Now it's actually, you know, I, I find it a good challenge to come up with the names as well actually. <laughs> How long did it take you to settle on on your uh, your core range of beers? So you've got the Half Moon Session, the yep. Third Eye Pale, Old Ones IPA, the Shaman's Cure Stout, and the Draft Hell's Lager. Well, that's actually all changed quite a bit now, actually. Oh, okay. Well, you need to update your fucking website because I'm looking yeah, at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, but the problem is the core range chops and changes too many uh, so frequently. Yeah, yeah. It'd well, be a lot of it changing update. so often. Are you just like getting sick of them? I don't want to brew that one anymore. We're going to change the core range. Um, no, I think it's just been um, well. We're, a, a, just a change in model of how how and what we produce and when we produce it. Um, okay. So 
we, we have sort of scaled back the core range a bit and also, you know, we've found that um, and uh, since we went into cans, um, I guess the new and uh, one-off releases have sort of been a very big helper in, in growing the Uradler brand. So yep. they've also become um, a big focus on in, in what we do. But not only that, I, I like um, the, inter- uh, the creative aspect of it sort of. That's why yeah, I got yeah. into, into brewing um, was for the creativity. Um, so to, we've only got four tanks. So to have a core range of about five or six beers becomes very hard. and it does make it difficult, quite, doesn't quite it? Restri- yeah. yeah, quite restrictive when it comes to um, yeah, being able to produce those one-offs as well as maintaining that core range. Um, so yeah, we've, we've actually scaled it back. Um, and, and now it's uh, third eye and half moon. Um, they'll, they'll forever remain. And, yep. uh, since the introduction of future light, um, that's also joined the core range and lager cool. will still be produced, but, um, yep. more seasonally, uh, we'll always try and have it on draft, but whether it's available in cans. I've got about three different directions. I want to take this interview in right now based on what you've just been saying, but I'm going to pick up on for now on future light. Cause that's what I'm drinking. Yep. 2.9%. Yep. It's bloody tasty. Um, why 2.9? Does that make it, is that still, a mid strength, or is that actually a light beer at two point nine? I forget what the classification is. No, it, it, it drops down. It, it drops down to light, I believe, at two point nine. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you know. Um, Tell us about this beer because it is really nice. I just wanted a beer I can drink all the time. Really. Oh, you, you sound like <laughs> um, me. Are you in your forties with children? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. Like um, yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, you know. I, I think. Um, well, there's a growing trend in in lower and zero alcohol beers um and and there's not really a lot out there so i I saw it as a a good opportunity and you know um yeah i i just wanted something that took inspiration from all the other beers that we produce all our bigger ipas and pale ales and and to pack that into a smaller beer um and yeah I, i i like the challenge of brewing a, a low ABV beer that is still flavorful and doesn't um, sort of come across as just, you know, a, a watered-down IPA or, or something like that. It's, no, it's interesting. I'm just reading the notes on it now. So on East Coast Yeast Strain and yep. you've used Cascade Laurel, Blanc and Sabro. Sabro's in there. Sabro's the one that yep. gives the pina colada vibes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and we've recently started adding a little bit of citra in there. Um, So, yeah, um, you know, it's a beer that will be continually developed and um, I think, you know, we we released it at a pretty challenging time sort of around, you know, start to middle of winter, which is going to be quite difficult for a a beer like that, but we also wanted the time to have it right for this coming summer. I would drink that one all year round as a a fridge filler, dead set. And uh, listeners... Or people who have been following along with my bullshit here for many years would know that I'm a huge fan of of session beers, lower ABVs because I've got kids and responsibilities, and um, so I I love them. And at two point nine percent, this is a fucking ripper. That's how that's the that's the technical term for it, a fucking ripper. I like so, it. People, if anybody's listening and loves their mid strength beers, the Uradler Brewery Future Light Little Pale Ale, two point nine percent. Have a have a crack at it because yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with that tonight, mate. Absolutely. Uh, that's good to hear. I was going to jump around. 
a little bit. So let's talk about the sales model. So I noticed now you've got an online beer shop. You talked about going into cans and, you know, doing limited releases, sold online and, you know, amplifying them via the interwebs. It seems like it might be working pretty well for you and uh, perhaps – the hype train might be stopping at your station soon. Yeah, yeah. So uh, initially when we actually started the brewery, we were going to be keg only and life yep. was much simpler then. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it was easy. But um, no, uh, there, there was a huge demand for um, not only takeaways from your Radler, um, but also around town and being able to drink the beer Um where when and wherever uh so yeah. the natural progression was was to go into cans um it's quite difficult in our space but we make it work it just means you know we just got to shuffle the entire brewery around but that's all right so that's, do you do you have your own canning line or do you get yep. someone to come in to, oh you do okay yeah cool. yeah so, so you know when i when i when we made the decision to go into cans i wanted to do it properly and i wanted to have full control over the process um yep and, you know, um, particularly also um, not having local uh, mobile canning services, uh, people would have to come from interstate, et cetera. So I, I, I didn't want to be sort of bound <gasps> by that. Yeah. yeah. yeah a Is lot that of the, why you were in Silver Bullets originally because you were using one of the other services? No, 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 no. That was yours? Uh, so okay. That, um, yep, that was all us, but we um, – progressed the uh, decision to uh, purchase a canning line much sooner than anticipated and as a result we uh, didn't actually have our printed can design um, finalized and actually yep. it took us nearly well a bit over a year to actually finalize that and get that done uh, um, but that's another story anyway uh, so yeah we, we <laughs> well, I want to I want to go into that because as a marketer, I'm really interested in this whole thing around, you know, the change of the branding because you had, for people that don't know, you had like a silver bullet with probably a tan and black colored base stick on label with a bit of color for the sort of the name of the beer over it. And now you've got probably what you might describe as sort of a duotone black and sort of the, the bronzy color with a bit of white going on there. Still got that sort of bottom label that sort of describes the beer with a bit of color on it. But I'm, I'm, I want to know why why'd you make the change and and also now you've said that what went wrong um or well, nothing went wrong um we wanted to always shift to a printed can um well sorry we wanted print, uh, a base printed can uh from the get go but you know with with the volumes that you've got to buy near on 50,000 yeah. units at a time we wanted to make sure we had the the concept right uh so we ended up going for the the full wraparound stick on label to start and and that really well one it just bought us some time but it was working for us as well so the rebrand sort of got put on the back burner a bit we didn't need to worry about it too much anyway um yeah um we also noticed a couple of limitations of the the original branding being that our logo um which we love it's but it's very complex and yeah, it's, it's quite being, intricate, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So being that complex um, printed in the single color uh, at the size it was on that can, it became very hard to sort of lost a bit. Yeah, exactly. Especially on yeah. the shelf in, in a bottle shop. And yep. uh, also uh, the sort of, I guess, descriptor uh, sort of section on that label was quite a bit smaller than what we have on the current can. So um that was also it was also harder to determine which beer was which when lined up in a fridge. So we wanted to 
rebrand and um, really make your raid list stand out. That is the key focus on on the new can. Uh, we wanted something that was quite sort of uh, gothic and reflected our names. That's why we went for the matte black and and yeah, the I gold. Like it. I like um, it. Yep. And then the the new sticker um, was inspired by a cigar girdle um, oh, that yeah. wraps around the butt of a cigar. Yes, it does so look that's like where that. that sort of in- yeah, that's where that inspiration came from. And you know, it's got that much more. Um, well, it's got a lot more presence on the can, and there's a lot more. Uh, space for for color and information yeah so um yeah, no, yeah it, that 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 rebrand was just a, a time thing and the time was right so yeah okay yeah and we finally had the design that we were happy with so yeah so pretty much everything's in the new can now you're sort of done with the old silver bullets completely it's all swapped over uh yep we just canned the most recent batch of half moon which was the last uh one to transition into the new can so yeah everything okay. is now in the new can yeah Nice, nice. Oh, well, yeah. It's interesting that you had to make those changes so early on in your life. How how old are you guys now? Uh, we are three years old now. Three, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sorry, uh, oh, two and a half, two and a half, three, three yep. sometime next year. Yep. Things, yep. things move move fast, don't they, in South Australia? They, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't keep up. <laughs> um, speaking of the South Australian scene, it's starting to make people sit up and take notice a little bit. And uh, you're part yeah. of the Adelaide Hills region, as I mentioned before. Does does that have its own beer tourism trail, or is that something sort of like kind of more informal? Uh, a bit more informal, but we do have have quite a few breweries up here now. Um, Who, who's up and, that way? Yeah, I guess we might know. There, there is a bit of a trail. So if you you start around where we are, uh, we're one of the first ones out out of the city, and then I suppose you'd head up towards. Um, that they're in a bit more of a cluster, but you've got Prancing Pony, you've got Lobethal Beer House, um, and you've also got Mismatch in out at Lot 100 as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's, there's there's a bit of a crew up here now, which is which is good. Oh, and you've also got Left Barrel too. Got, oh yeah, too, too many. Yeah, yeah, Left Barrel's just down the road from us. So what's it like? Yeah. Are you guys all sort of into collaborating with each other, or is it sort of? Eventually, you might, or what's what's going on? Oh, I mean, it'd be great to have a bit more of an official sort of sort of beer trail going on. But I think you know um, what what we actually find we get at Euradler is um, there's a lot of people um, that are out on wine tours as well, and they'll mix it up with the brewery oh, yeah. stop too. Yeah, so, nice. Um, yeah, um, you know, being a pretty convenient point of call either as first stop out for lunch before you head out to the wineries or for your drinks on the way back in um yeah we've, we've sort of found we get a bit of both people being um on sort of a, a wine tour or uh yeah looking for a little break or just they're trailing through all the breweries that are in the hills or yeah. just some serious bloody day drinking oh that too yeah <laughs> yeah so when i was talking before about collaborating i, th- I th- sort of meant more with uh actually brewing together have you done oh, much of that on the, on, on the brewing um no we haven't actually done uh any uh collabs with any of the breweries up here actually yeah you need to put that on your list we do yeah yeah, yeah. There's been some talks. Um, nice. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope to progress something uh, with some of the guys pretty soon. Beautiful. So we'll see how that goes. Beautiful. Uh, speaking of a list, what, what's your next 12 months sort of looking like in terms of things you got to get sorted to take that next step? We're really hoping to uh, 
get this canning line set up permanently and, and put a much bigger focus on, on yeah. cans. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose in recent times, the addition of the canning line has been one of the best things we could have done for the brewery. Um, and, you know, uh, I think for increasing our uh, product quality uh, and consistency, having that canning line set up permanently will be really good for us. But also um, it'll hopefully allow us to free up some extra space for another tank or two as well, which would be very handy Absolutely. right now. Any, any plans yeah. to dabble in, you know, barrel aging or a sour program or something like that? Uh, I'd like to. Um, we will hopefully eventually do that. Uh, but I'd like to look at another another site for that. I'd say so. I'd like okay. to produce the the uh, base work at your Radler, and then um, have I guess a barrel aging and packaging facility down the road, uh, or in a in a pretty similar area to where we are. Um, I think there's a lot of cool wineries that we can really work with, uh, particularly oh, yeah, with nice. their barrels. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, exactly. So uh, I think that would be a really cool project to work on. Um, but yeah, it's just you know finding the time to be able to do it and pull pull it all together. Really, has uh, has your uncle come out from San Luis Obispo to uh, check out what you're doing? Has he given you this, his seal of approval? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's been out a couple of times. Um, it would have been about a year or so ago now, so a lot has actually changed. Um, but yeah, no, no. Um, you know, he 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 played a big role in helping me get this place oh, up cool. and running as yeah, well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know. He, he went and b- built his big 30-barrel brewery out there, so he, he'd seen a lot of the problems I'd run into before. So, yeah, no, he, he was very instrumental in helping get Uradler off the ground too. Surely there must be a, um other side of the world type collaboration that you guys can do at some stage. Yeah, I know. That that would be good. Yeah, yeah. hopefully it involves me going back out there for, <laughs> for a little bit too. If, if you go back out there, other than Slow Brewery, what are, what are your must-see yeah. breweries for anybody that's listening and thinking of taking a, a West Coast trip at some stage? Uh, over that way, oh, there's, there's a lot. But um, a, a couple of my standouts, I, I really liked uh, Sante Adarius. Um, where were they? Just just out of Santa Cruz from memory. Oh, yeah. uh, they're, they're fantastic. Uh, a lot of uh, sort of... Uh, more uh, spontaneous ferment and barrel-aged beers, but then oh, I really nice. liked, yeah, yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, and then I really liked Alvarado Street just out of Monterey. Um, oh, Monterey. They've got their brew pub. Yeah, oh, it's an amazing How's, place. How good is that place? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah, and Alvarado Street's a, a great um, producer of all things hazy as well. Oh, yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that that was a really cool brewery. Um, oh, there's just there's too many to list, really. Yeah, no, like there there are so many. I uh, I'm turning fifty in a few years, and I'm thinking that I might like to take a a bit of a trip uh, through the West Coast breweries of some in some way, shape, or form. So I'm uh, might just have added two more to the list then, actually. So. Yeah, fantastic. I've got Very no good. idea who's going to come with me. I don't reckon the wife's going to be interested. Maybe just be a solo trip. Happy 50th birthday, yeah, baby. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't I care. That's, that's I would not care. I would no. happily go on my own. I would be. It would be great. I could do what I want when I want. I could wake up when I want to, not have to worry about the kids. 
If exactly. I, no, I, it sounds great to me. It sounds blissful, I reckon. So. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Well, mate, uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, we're still, no worries. Uh, very quickly went over time. I, I can't believe that went so quickly. It was uh, it was actually awesome to hear your story, mate. Um, oh, thank you. I love trying your beers this past week. There are some absolute rippers there. I'm still blown away by this Future Light little pale ale. I can't believe it's only two point nine. It's great. It's great. It's my lifesaver. I love it. That thing. Yeah, yeah it's great. You've got to stay tidy sometimes, don't you? You do. Uh, you do. Bloody hell! Yeah. No, it's been great. Well, mate, uh, thanks for your time tonight. Um, look forward to seeing what happens in the little town of Uradler in in the coming years. I'll be keeping an Thank eye you, on you. Um, it's it's great to hear your story. So, plenty more to come. Cheers for great beers. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have an interesting beer story and want to be a guest on the Beer Healer interviews, send me a message via my Facebook page. And once again, if you want to help out the show, a simple rate and review on Apple Podcasts or a follow, like or share on any other podcast service will do the trick. I'll catch you soon.